ladies and gentlemen, it's what you've been waiting for. You've heard it all along. We put it on Twitter for about two fucking weeks without really posting anything. But today, my word, you get to see the most glorious podcast of your life. We're not going to be, you know, necessarily better than anybody. We're definitely not worse than anyone. But we're going to be is different. This is the greatest podcast you don't even know you're part of. But hey, let me, uh, you know, it's enough of me talking. Let me introduce you to the crew here. Bam, bam. All right. Well, you know, it starts with me. My name is James Elkari. I uh, live in Florida. I work at a commissary on base. Uh, wrestling fan, big sports fan. Go Dallas Cowboys. Fuck everyone else. And, um, you know, that's pretty much uh, what I do. 36-year-old male. And, uh, you know, what up, ladies? Single. But uh, up next, you know, I'll kick it to And looking to mingle. And looking <laughs> to mingle, ladies. Shit. You can catch him at uh, James Elkari. True. And uh, Brad, you know, you're up next. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello there. I am Brad Sand, as you can see, or maybe you can't. I am in the fun house today. I am a father of three. I am 46 and married. Wrestling fan, Eagles fan. So they're going to have a lot of fun here with James and just ready to get this party started. So thanks for the introduction. All right. Up next, uh, I'll go uh, on the order of my screen. Whitaker, you're up next, bro. Tell us a little about yourself. Well, I'm Mike, living up here in the great state, mountains of Georgia. Got a couple kids running around, a couple dogs running around. And, uh, you know, just love wrestling, love hanging out with you guys, doing what I got to do. Nice. Nice. I like it. Up next, uh, we go to the great up north with the youngest member of the crew, our man, Devin. Devin, holler at these people. Hey, guys. Uh, I'm Devin Dowling. 24-year-old from Governor, New York. Um, I don't really know what to talk about. Um, 49ers fan, wrestling fan. I'm um, engaged to a beautiful uh, 24-year-old woman herself, Erica. Shout out to her. We've been together for like nine years now. I'm just excited to start this and talk wrestling and talk a bunch of stuff with all you guys. All right. All right. Now, uh, next, we go to the great state of Bama to our man, Adam. Adam, <laughs> tell these people about you. What's going on, folks? I'm the Georgia fan from Alabama. Shout out to my Bulldogs, baby. Go Bulldogs. Uh, I got two kids that I know about running around, two teenage kids, so pray for me. Daughter's about to turn 16. Um, big, Georgia, big Georgia fan, like I said, big wrestling fan. Um, shout out to my man, Frank, uh, Top Guy Theater. I got to support my friends. But other than that, I'm just excited to get started, guys. Nice. And last, but certainly not least, we saved the main event for the end. It's Coach Rosie, Josh Rosenbaum. Coach, tell them a little bit about yourself. Well, first of all, we just went Broadway with this introduction for me. Uh, it's been about a 45 minute trying to get the internet working, but I think we're finally operational. Everybody, I'm really excited about being on the kickoff, uh, the kickout cruise uh, team. I'm Josh Rosenbaum, 48 years old. I've been a high school teacher and basketball coach for 26 years, and I'm transitioning into a career as a mortgage loan originator with SaveWithConrad.com. Nice. Well, that's uh, that's pretty much a little introduction to who we are. You know, we've got a badass group of people here. You know, we love to shoot the shit with each other. Uh, each other. Definitely, uh, you know, pounding some adult beverages. If you don't, hey, that's up to you. You know, no pressure here. We're still great guys, you know, even if we aren't drinking. But uh, 
All right. So uh, how do you guys want to kick this off? Well, I think we each have a little bit to talk about today. So before we get into what we're going to do, we're always going to have what's called a topic. Yeah. And everybody's going to get to discuss their opinions on said topic, which, uh, you know, kind of gives you a little insight to who we are as people and a little uh, snapshot into our lives, if you will. And especially, you know, it's always good to talk about, you know, how uh, what you think and get other people's reactions and opinions on it, too. So that's what we're going to try to bring, just a little different perspective, you know. And uh, we'll see where this goes. Off the rails for sure, but hey, we're rolling now. So uh, who wants uh, who wants to shoot their first shot? I'll go ahead with that, if that's okay. There you go. So, you know, of course, this is a wrestling podcast. It's not everything we're going to be talking about, but it is a wrestling podcast. So I'm going to start off with WrestleMania 10. WrestleMania 10 was a great WrestleMania. And the reason I was watching it at all was because our good friends over at Ringside Rant were covering it a few weeks back. However, all WrestleMania seemed to have a moment that defines the time. Like this year, Logan Paul, whoever he is, right? Logan Paul, big part of WrestleMania, Jackass, new movie coming out. So there's always something going on in these WrestleManias that's about the time. So who comes out? Well, none other than Cy Sperling. Now, who's Cy Sperling, you ask? Cy Sperling was the hair club for men. I'm not only a hair club president, I'm also a client. So you saw him with the hair. Then you saw him without the hair. Now, Devin, I know this was more than 24 years ago, so try to hang in there, okay? Now, if you are watching this on YouTube, which we hope you are, you might notice I am follically challenged. And this follicle challenge started back to when I was 15 years old. 15 years old, not even into my full cock yet. I am losing my hair. Now, my mom and dad, they tried to make me feel better about it. They said, no, it's just thin. It ain't thin. I jumped into the pool and I had fucking bald spots, okay? I was young. I was young. And guess what? Stone Cold, he hadn't made it cool yet. Because we're talking 1991 here. That is way before Stone Cold made bald cool. So Yeah, you weren't getting laid in 91 with the bald head. I wasn't head. getting I'll laid anyway. I'm 5'8". I'm freaking small hands. You know, it was already bad enough. I had chest hair. What is going on? I'm 15. That's where the hair went. Yeah. So at 20 years old, I'm a, beginning my sophomore year in college, my aunt and my mother took me to this little place called the Hair Club for Men. Now, the commercials back in the day made it sound like they were going to fuse your hair that you have in with their hair. So we get there, and I'm looking at all these commercials. They actually have one that showed you can actually show that you're growing the hair back. Start here, start here, start here. Now, I didn't really need to do that because I wasn't completely bald yet. However, it was all BS. Every piece of it was BS. They shave everything off. They shave everything here, and they slap a wig on your head. They glue it to your other side hair. I went from thin hair to this beehive. Who the hell was I fooling? And guess what? I tried to do that for 10 years. Not until I was almost 30 years off, 30 years off now, 30 years old. And I looked at my brother-in-law. I looked at my cousin's husbands and they were a half carton of eggs, all bald. And there's me, Brad Stanton with the beaver on his head. So I decided to take it off. So Cy Sperling, your product sucks. Kiss my ass. And you brought back bad memories. I still have dreams of this thing shaking on my head. Thank you. 
That was from the heart right there. <laughs> We're starting off hot, baby. We're starting off hot. We're making it personal. We're starting off hot. Who's next? Who's next? Thank you, Brad, for that uh, intriguing, uh, you know, conversation. You know, whoever your side, dude, shame. <laughs> but, I thought you were going to talk about WrestleMania 10. And you went on like we got we got a deep dive into the Brad psyche there for a second. <laughs> Still have bad memories, man. Still bad memories, okay. Bald hey, is beautiful. That's what we're stick a lot of people. Bald I didn't know you were you were one of them. All right, so who's up? I'll go, ahead I'll go next. Oh, go ahead, Brad. All right, let me hear your meat I'll... minute. No, not that's not yet. Right now, I'm talking about Elon Musk wanting to buy Twitter. This fool wants to buy Twitter for $46.5 billion. First of all, in my opinion, you got $46 billion. Why the hell do you care about anything? Why do you care about Twitter? Why do you care about shit? And he's saying he wants to do it for like freedom of speech, more power to him. You know, my question is, why is he doing it? Like, is he doing it for the people or is there something here for him to do? I mean, he has... he has a net worth of like $273 billion. It's a lot of damn money, if you ask me. You know, he can stop right now if he wants and never have to work a day in his life. His great, 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 great granddamn kids don't have to work. Richest man alive. Why does he care about it? True. That's it. I kind of do think it would be some type of a. Like, he says free speech, but if he owns it, he could totally uh, say what goes on there and what doesn't. He can do what he wants and everything else on it. Yeah. So, you know, but my point is, like, why the hell are you going to spend $46 billion on buying something like that? Especially when you use that money for other goods. You know, like free beer or something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like free beer. Buy, buy us all a beer. I'd be happy with that. That's right. It wasn't like the share, you know, give the world a Coke type of thing. What if it's like Elon, give the world a beer, you know? Yeah. That's Hashtag it. Elon gives beers. <laughs> Make it true. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, does, is, is what's in it for him? That's that's my question. What's in it for him to buy it? It's a very good, uh, very good point. He owns enough. True. But we'll get so Donald Trump back on there. He does it because he wants to. He does it to get his name out there. I There's no re- reason. For anything other than that he just he just wants to be in the news uh, do you see any other reason besides that no that's it maybe to have donald trump back on there i mean yeah, that's, that's it <laughs> yeah he likes uh bischoff's tweets you know 83 weeks at every shows but yeah he uh elon likes bischoff's tweets you know so maybe they're on something they he might be to believe something. that he can make a profit with it somehow yeah, got to be advertising like millions and billions of dollars on Twitter. Maybe you can help out Netflix right now, you know? But every other uh, tweet on there is going to be a damn Tesla ad. <laughs> what we can do. Yeah, <laughs> like that tweet, tweet, it's like, verify you're not a robot. Did you buy a Tesla? Yeah. Hey, have you bought one? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> be his little verification. Well, who's great next? topic, you know. Who's up next? I'd be happy to go. I'm going to uh, focus on the upcoming NBA Finals. Guys, this season in the NBA, 
is shaping up to be one of the greatest final four in the history of basketball. We're going to give you guys four or five teams, and we'd love for you guys to go to uh, at Kickout Crew Pod to uh, vote for which team you think can win the NBA basketball. Currently, at minus 140 are the Phoenix Suns in the uh, Western Conference. And on the Eastern Conference, you got Milwaukee, you got the Bucks, and you got Miami. Now, I know I'm biased. So in my opinion, Phoenix is, is going to win the West. So if you got another team, I'm not even going to present it because that will bring bad spirits from my sons. Uh, so that's number one. And number two, we'd like your opinion on uh, these money deals and the transfer portal that college athletes are getting nowadays. Currently, college coaches are really only recruiting upperclassmen because technically with the new law, everyone's a free agent after each season. Currently, that's killing high school recruiting as we know it. We've seen coaches like Roy Williams the year before, Jay Billis and Coach K all call it quits because of this transfer portal. I think it's killing the game. What do you guys think? Let us know. That's all I have this week, guys. Very good point. Awesome. It, Go is like free, it is like college free agency. So, yeah, you don't really have to recruit high school kids anymore because, fuck it, you can just wait till you know, like, like that one team that made a run to the, like, Elite Eight or whatever, they lost, you know, all their top people to transfer. One of them went to Texas. Shout out. Fuck them. But, you know, they're losing all their They people. even lost their coach. Yeah. He went to Seton Hall. But, I mean, you know that. Are you talking about the Peacocks? I think so. Yeah, they, that was great. That was great that they made it that far. But, right, uh, now they're just going to go somewhere else because they can 140 is not a good payout, though, is it for Phoenix? Well, that's minus 140, so that means for every $14 you bet, you only win 10. Currently, the best odds right now are the Boston Celtics at plus 230 out of the premier teams. The favorite the in the East is, is Miami. I think there's a lot of action going on Boston because what they're about, about to beat the Nets. I mean, I know it's in the West, but what are the – I mean, I haven't, I haven't watched basketball. The Spurs are out, so I really quit watching. Luka and them are up 3-1 to one against uh, – who are they playing? They're playing uh, Utah. Now, Utah has an all-star lineup, but they haven't really caught lightning in a bottle. Last night, Utah was down four points with 48 seconds left and came back and won it by one on a great uh, great play where Donovan Mitchell drove to the elbow and threw up a lob for Rudy Gobert. Dunk. Game over. It was a very exciting game. That series is now 2-2, so it's a crapshoot. There you go. Nice. Well, love that of uh, gambles inside. I don't really gamble much because I'm a broke ass. But, uh, you know, if I were to gamble, I would hit up Coach Rosie. Have you ever gotten behind the wheel after having a couple drinks? <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, oh. Uh, you, could, you could actually uh, view court records where you can see that that, that has been a, well, you know. But you're a gambler. You're a gambler. <laughs> we're all gamblers. I'm not that type of gambler. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't say I have two DUIs. I'm just saying Google would. <laughs> Who did Google ever beat? <laughs> One might say we're all gambling on the kickout crew. Oh, true. <laughs> Good thing I used my own uh, Bitcoin. I created my own currency, so I'm not going to lose anything. 
All I gotta do is talk enough people into investing in it and then dip out of it and let them handle the financial downfall of it and you just cash out, which is like a gamble. I was thinking about creating Prather coin. <laughs> <laughs> you don't that think we can get every jack in a box in America? Prather coin? We don't have to put everybody up. <laughs> That's a heel move. But yeah, I mean, uh, great topic, or you know, who's uh, we got Devin and Adam next? Who's got the who's got the winner winner? I'll, I'll go ahead and go next. Um, just real quick. Um, you know, I've been watching NXT for a few years, and I, I love the black and gold brand. And uh, the only thing that gets me is Vince McMahon how he wants to bring these guys up, but totally change their name. You know, like here lately, we've got Kaylee Ray is now Alba Alba Fire. Casey Canzero, she's Katana Chance. Where are these names coming from? Ronald Mendoza is now Cruz del Toro. I mean, are they just putting just random stuff in a hat and saying, okay, we'll call you just, hey, let's just call you Cruz del Butchman or some bullshit like that. I mean, Pete Dunn is now Butch, and now I've seen the WWE posted something. Does anybody know where Butch is? He's probably looking for his damn last gimmick that Pete Dunn. <laughs> Back when he was actually a damn champion back in the United Kingdom. Where is it? Where is? Where? I mean, is anybody <laughs> seen Butch? Anybody seen? In fact, he probably went back to the UK with his, tar- his tail stuck, you know, between his legs, because he comes out, gets his ass beat every every week. But Pete Dunne was a certified badass. And then we got Walter changing his name to what is Gunther now? They tried to make him a Nazi, then had to retract that. <laughs> his sidekick, he got named a Nazi. They were trying to retract that now. So do some studying before you give these guys new names. Raquel Rodriguez now, just because they used her real name, they wants own, he wants to own everything. Can't own it all. Just because you think you own everything doesn't mean you can own everything. But it just chats my ass. I just want to get that out there. You know, not just well, that, though. But you're right about Raquel. name, he owns two names. You know, yeah. and Raquel Gonzalez, it's not just they, they didn't change her name, maybe, but She's why is she smiling so damn much? She's a she's a badass constantly in NXT. All of a sudden now she's like, yeah. you know, smiling well, she's, big. She's with Ken Rodriguez now because Gonzalez is her legit last name. Uh-huh. They can't own her last name, so they changed it to Rodriguez just so they can own it. That's the only reason why they changed it. And just make um, I have an answer to that question. It's uh, you guys have to kayfabe this, but the girl that's got a smile on her face is. Uh, been with Batista a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I think that's so Braun Strowman's <laughs> You would know, Devin, but thank you for the clarification, but funny that you were the one to say it, too. But I, I agree, Adam. I don't think they should change their names, honestly. I think they should stick with their real names, let them come out, be who they are. I, I don't me, like to tell me Alba Fire's not John Alba making his big debut? Oh, that's it. That's, think about that's what it is. Wow. <laughs> okay. I mean, let them be who they are. The thing about Butch, hey, you don't sound like a businessman. You don't uh, sound like a businessman, Mike. You don't like to make money off shirts. You don't like to make money. That's the WWE. They don't give a, a, if, a toot about going, us. If they're going to change names, at least make it something better than what they give Stone Cold, uh, Iceman Frost, or whatever they wanted to name him. I mean, uh, give them something that makes it, that's like it. That. That's it. Frosty McDagger or something like that. And so, if you want to change it, at least make it something that sounds decent, you know. But no, no, it just it rubs me the wrong way because 
I actually have been in the ring, and when you work that hard to get your name built up, then it's like all of a sudden we're going to change your name. You got basically starting over, and it's hard for people to do that. It really is. I tried doing it after witness protection. I had to go back to my original name. <laughs> That's a story for another podcast. <laughs> yep. As Conrad will say, we'll save that for down the road. Exactly. We're kicking that, kicking the can on that one. The Butch thing really bothered me, though. Those suspenders and hiding his hair under the hat and everything like that. But yeah, when he's in the ring, he's still, he's still, he's still Pete Dunn. Yeah, the um, bruiser wing. I think what bothered me even more was making um, an angle out of the fact that they broke, uh, they broke Big E's neck. Like, yeah, ugh, that was cringeworthy. Very cringeworthy. There, this is a legit injury. That guy might never wrestle again. I, I don't know. That was a little much for me. I know that they like to do that, but ugh. I didn't like that at all. I agree. Along the same lines of uh, ch- changing names and stuff when they get moved up, Austin Theory recently just lost to Austin. He's now just going by Theory. They love so, uh, that shit, how do you guys feel about that? Don't cold beat the Austin out of me. Just wait for Theory right. versus Riddle. That, that's a Theory versus Riddle. <laughs> the, the match of the one name. Oh, that's what they're setting up. Well, who's next going to be in there like, uh, you know, like alliteration and coming off the top rope, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember when they got rid of Langston, Big E Langston, like just Big E. I, they do that a lot. I, I don't have any problem with Austin theory. That sounds good to me. I don't know. Uh, they want to make it a little different, I guess. It's, it is weird they changed the name, though, Adam. It really is weird because they're the ones developing this character to begin yeah. with. It's not yeah, like it's coming from AEW. It, it, right. <laughs> it is strange. But great job, Adam. Yeah, that was cool, Adam. Uh, nice I, I don't get much time to see NXT, so besides Butch, I didn't really know any of those people, so I'm definitely going to go start to watch NXT 2.0. kind of threw me off when they made that switch, so I had to uh, divide up my time. So I'm going to go back to it. Thanks for that information. It sounds like they're really starting to catch some steam. Yeah, 2.0. It does sound like Ciampa's keeping his name, though, which I found very interesting. What a great moment that was with Triple H, by the way. Yeah, yeah uh, awesome. you know, I, I love Triple H and uh, that, that was just a great moment. I don't know if that was planned or not, or that was something he decided to do on his own. I, I really enjoyed that. I dig it. So who's next, buddy? I believe that'd be me um, for cool. my my uh, my topic this week for my Devin's demographic of the week. I'm going to talk about another couple that are. Uh, in the professional wrestling atmosphere, and that is young Samuel Guevara and Ty Conte from AEW. They're uh, they're pretty controversial right now in the wrestling atmosphere. Not a lot of people are loving the, you know, the relationship that they've been showing. But I love it. Sammy's my guy. I've been watching him for years, and I'm just loving the hate. He's bringing it in. He's gonna be a top heel in this business, I believe. I wouldn't say it's a controversial thing. I think it's more of a shoving it down our throat type of heat. It feels like they're in the middle of something here. If they just go ahead and just hunt, if he turns it 100% into a heel, I think it'll be great. But it just feels like they're kind of in between right now. He needs to kind of decide which way he wants to go. But I think he does have the potential to be an awesome heel if he puts 100% into it. Do you think that was the plan? Do you think the plan was to be a heel, or is this the fan reaction? I think it's fan reaction. Fan reaction. I think they changed it up. I think Sammy's taking all the heat from Cody leaving. 
honestly. Well, like, he was the, the last person to bed. face him in the yeah, ladder the, match and everything. The picture of them in bed with the, the belt and stuff. Let's face it, none of us look like this. You got this guy <laughs> right. that's shredded. You got this girl that's hot as hell, and they're covered in a belt. Like, yeah, we're, we're not going to relate. We're not going to relate. We're... But, but if I was him, I'd be like, hey, you're just mad because I'm dating a hot chick and you're not. I would so do that, too, if I was him. I don't blame him for doing it. Like Carmella and Corey Graves, they're dating. And, yeah, they have their own little YouTube bullshit. But they're not every week being like, oh, look at yeah. Like my first fucking girlfriend ever, you know, like, let's parade around. Oh, and then let's shit post each other fucking constantly. I stand with Pyres, hashtag. But uh, yeah, it's fucking, it's too much, man. It's like a thirteen-year-old girl that just smoked her first cigarette. Like, look at me, look at me. You know, now, I'd like to, I'd like to speak on this. This is uh, an angle that many people probably won't think I'll have, but I watched the Sammy Guevara vlog for a long time, and I fell in love with Pam. And to bring that girl, I mean, what a guy does on his own time, you know. Hey, do what you gotta do, pal. I don't cheat on women. Uh. But don't bring her into the ring and ask her to marry you. And then two or three months later, uh, end up with this lady. If you are, don't capitalize on it financially. Because I can only imagine what Pam is going through. Or maybe she's not. I don't know. This is wrestling. But uh, if, if, if she's not upset or, uh, you know, feels humiliated, uh, that's the, the greatest work of all time. That's why, and, and I was big on Sammy. I love Sammy Guevara. I don't love him anymore. I still like his moves. I still like his moves and all that, but he's, uh, he's kind of dorky. Dorky guys can't be heels. You know, I don't see Sammy Guevara uh, squaring up against somebody face-to-face -face in a punch-out. He went and beat up that car with a bat. He wouldn't just uh, uh, go up to Scorpio and say, hey, Let's get in the octagon. Hell no. He'd get his butt whooped, but he'll take a bat. He'll cheat and run around. That's not Sammy. Sammy was good with those cards and making people cheer. True. That's hey, a good take, this? Coach. How about this idea? Bring Pam back. Woo! I want to get some, get some heat. Put her in the ring. Dude, imagine a Scorpio brought her out. Yeah, that would work. work. Scorpio and Ethan Page bring her out as part of American Top Team or something. Oh, that'd be great. That would be money. Yeah, that would be great. Like, you propose to this chick. A couple months later, it's like, you know, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. This is none of your business. Don't talk <laughs> to me. Don't talk to me. And then, like, three days later, it's, okay, we're together. Like, oh, I bet y'all were, uh, you know. You know there's it was a little longer than that. <laughs> you know there's some fashion going on. Like, uh, oh, Sammy, are you sad? Come here, Sammy. You sad? Boom. Smashing. You know what I'm saying? Like. I don't know. And, he, and, little, uh, he proposes to this chick, uh, but you know, there's something uh, a little dangling over here. I, once again, I don't know this for a fact, but boy, that timeline moves pretty fast from proposal to me and Ty are together. Like after, and in between that was still the, you know, Ty's office uh, Twitter because people are bullying her because uh, they think that they're together and they really aren't. My fucking ass. They were together the whole time. Like that's stupid. It's, it's the COVID quarantine was a whole different year, so. <laughs> Bushley. But Devin, yeah, you're but, a fan, yeah. right? You love it. It, it might have been COVID, but I only entered one orifice the entire two years, my wife. I didn't go dipping and diving from one person to another. Don't use COVID as an excuse, that. young man. 
<laughs> well, I'm just saying, if you have to be quarantined with a beautiful woman like Ty Conti, and you're not able to go back home and see your girl, stuff is bound to happen, you know? Oh, Especially oh, listen to you. Right, well, hey, you're, you're about right? to get, you know, you're engaged and stuff. If you just got quarantined off with some broad, you wouldn't, like... Well, there's a difference in Pam <laughs> and Erica, you know? This is where your microphone should go mute. <laughs> I mean, the thing about Sammy is, like, he showed up on AEW TV. I didn't know who the fuck he was, because I don't really dig into, like, the independent shit. And he's wearing a fucking panda head, and he's the biggest jackass of all time, and I hated him. But then, as he started kind of getting grouped with uh, Jericho and stuff, which Jericho is in another faction, Building Stars, like, because that's what he does. He's great at it. But, uh... At Double or Nothing, the little stadium thing, when they put Sammy over big time, hell, we were at that pay-per-view cheering, Sammy, Sammy, like he was the star coming out of it, you know? Yeah. He was the, the rocket ship was strapped. And I don't know what happened since then, but th whatever they're doing right now, America's couple, get the fuck off my TV. Like, I do not care. They can wrestle together Just and all that. That's cool. But this fucking storyline, like, Oh, look at us. Mwah, they hate us. Y'all are mad. We're not mad. No one gives a fuck. That's what we're saying. We're not mad. We're, we're expressing that, hey, no one gives a shit, and they're turning that into, y'all are mad. I ain't mad. I'm just, like, an adult. <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck about that. Hey, Devin, let, let me prepare you for marriage if you're thinking about pulling that Sammy thing. How many kids do you plan to have? Uh, two to three. Okay, so 60 days after every childbirth. Nothing. If it's a C-section, it could go to three to four months. So you better be ready for that. Prepare yourself for that. It could be months and months. You so, act like uh, in these nine years with Erica, there hasn't been 60 days in a row that she's been like, uh-uh. Hey, listen, know, knowing what a good saintly young man you are waiting for marriage, I am preparing you Absolutely, for coach. after the consummation. Buy some lotion. <laughs> they make a warming gel now. and I mean, you get a flashlight, you get a warming gel. I mean, our women, you really need a woman. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and we are uh, off the rails here. As, as heard on Rebels Happy Hour, uh, Astroglide hooked me up with a nice eight or nine bottle different assortment of lubes and body oils and edibles. Uh, thanks to Corey Ryan Forrester, I won that sweepstakes. So it pays yeah. to listen to the Rebels Happy Hour and Corey Ryan Forrester. Yeah, get all the lube you need. <laughs> My, my wife's been walking straighter lately. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> On that note, um, yeah. what about these matches? <laughs> I kind of forgot, uh, forgot my topic, which, you know, is the uh, the great Nolan Ryan. They're making a movie documentary about him. I believe it comes out uh, May 1st. Don't quote me on that. But uh, it happens to be the 31-year anniversary when he threw his seventh perfect or no-hitter. Seven no hitters. I believe second place is Sandy Koufax for a black and white TV, you know, uh, with four. The man has, uh, let me look at this, 5,714 strikeouts. The closest person is second is Randy Johnson. He's got like 4,800 something. Like nobody's touching that record. One season, he struck out 383 batters. No one's even close to doing that. The man played for 27 years. 27 years. I was watching highlights of him. I thought he was just like in the 80s and 90s. Like, yeah, like he was playing in like the 70s and 60s and all that. The dude he won the World Series with the Mets in 1969. As a, as a uh, relief pitcher, he came in to do some relief pitching and struck out. Um, he 
reportedly threw a 108-mile-an-hour fastball, which I guess is not technically on there, but uh, one that was officially clocked was a 102, and this is when guys were, like, barely breaking 90. His last game, he tore something in his shoulder or in his uh, elbow, which is pretty much what retired him at the age of, like, 46, I think he was, when he retired. Great age. Uh, he went out there, blasted something in his elbow, threw one more pitch, 85 miles an hour, and then uh, walked off the field. And we all know the Robin Ventura thing. Nolan Ryan was 46 at that time. I believe Robin Ventura was 23, 24. Nolan hit him with the pitch. Ventura started to walk to first base, realized, hey, I'm about to make the dumbest fucking decision of my life right now. Charged the mound, and Nolan Ryan fucking whipped his ass as an old man. I, I think he's heavily underrated. I know that documentary is going to be really, really good because, I mean, he was born in Texas. He's a tough motherfucker. He played forever as a pitcher, like, constantly you know roasting like fastballs and uh you know he's just a badass and he didn't get the love you know he deserves in my opinion i loved him when he was on the angels in uh anaheim or california they were called back then in the early 80s yep i mean i know you guys with brad might remember that but that those were some good teams back in the day with those angels teams they had some great offensive teams there's uh, even talks about, like him fucking him up psychologically He's the man. There's no one better. There was, like I just said, there's Hall of Famers and there's Nolan Ryan. So just a different level of athlete, different level of Hall of Famer. <laughs> He's here. Everybody else is here. Uh, dude, like, the release date is May 24th. Oh, that way off. <laughs> so, Brad, if Nolan Ryan is uh, the best uh, right-handed strikeout power pitcher, where does Steve Carlton rank in your – uh, rankings of great pitchers. I know you'll be biased, but I love Steve Carlton. I, I do me. too. I do too. He, even at the end of his career, when he had a couple of rough uh, games, but he's definitely top five for me for sure. Yeah, I dig it. Yeah, it's called Facing Nolan. That's the name of the podcast. I mean, the name of the documentary. Yeah, is it yeah. coming in the movie theater? Or is it like Netflix or something like that? You know, they're actually premiering it after a Texas Rangers game at the stadium. They're going to show it on the jumbotron, but I think yeah, it does like theaters yeah that's what it says in theaters also that's awesome and, that's badass and i don't think i'm giving anything away but you know that hulk hogan movie is going to be coming out soon yeah that's gonna be yep. soon. that's all i have pretty much on nolan ryan all right all right well uh i guess uh is it time to dig into the uh wrestling sure let's do it man Every episode, we're going to take uh, two matches. We're going to talk about them, you know, do a little what was the buildup to them, where were they, that type of stuff, you know, the outcome. Obviously, give our uh, two cents on, you know, things we noticed. Maybe it could be, like, some random person in the crowd. It could be like, oh, did you see how they did this move? Blah, 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 you know. But uh, the two matches we chose for our premiere episode, well, we'll start with uh, one match, and then we'll go to the next one, is uh, Cody versus Dustin from uh, – Double or Nothing, uh, 2019, which was on May 25th in Las Vegas at the uh, yes, sir. MGM. Coach <laughs> Rosie, we have a we have a person that was actually there in attendance, which we will get to. Uh, yep. It was AEW's inaugural pay per view. You know, they did the uh, they didn't do it, but there was the uh, what was that All Out or All In. All in first, but then uh, this is AEW's first pay-per-view as a company. Uh, Pre-sale tickets went on sale on February 10th, sold out. The rest of them went uh, as on sale February 13th, sold in four minutes. 
<laughs> you know, 11,000. That, fe that February 10th thing, I was there too. It was live at the pool at uh, mm -hmm. MGM. I'm only four hours from Vegas, so I just drove up again. Uh, and the Young Bucks came out, and that's where Jericho said he was going to be AEW. There were so many. That's where all the big names came in. Conrad was there at that too. Yeah, Conrad was the like podium guy, wasn't he? Like leading it. Yeah. Yeah. The host or whatever. Yeah. Eleven thousand seats were sold for this event. It was a pretty solid start. The uh, the match was twenty two and a half minutes, which was actually pretty good considering you know Dustin. It was his first match in over eleven months, so that's good for uh, Dustin to get out there. And uh, Cody, as his high ranking position, and it's AEW's first pay per view. He's uh, in like a, you know, like a mid-card quote match, which ends up being probably one of the big main events of it. But, you know, people shit on him for like, you know, oh, he wants to push himself and all that. Well, the first pay-per-view they ever did, he's nowhere near the title. So I thought that was really cool. And, uh, of course, if any of the jackasses care about uh, ratings, Meltzer gave it five stars. So uh, that's kind of my little intro into it. And uh, whoever wants to jump on a backstory or, you know, we can get going there and then we can jump on the match. Well, the thing that really got the thing that really got this match kicked off was they kind of did like, a, you know, how HBO does before a big boxing match like tail of the tape. They did that with Cody and Dustin for about eight or nine little 15 minute vignettes where they use Dusty and who's the better brother and this, that and the other. Uh, kind of like what uh, Hangman did with Kenny a couple months ago when he won the championship. You got to realize All Out was nine months before, and we didn't know any of the rivalries. We went into that match, a blank, that whole card, a blank slate. Half the people I didn't even know, and I'm a pretty well-versed wrestling fan. So it was like going to uh, Woodstock. It just it was a magical evening. And your boy Hangman won the Battle Royal to get the first championship match, too. That's true. Shit, they even had a guy with no legs in that battle royal. Yeah. And Glacier was in it also. Let's not forget. <laughs> yes. yes, he was. What I really like about this this backstory is that there is no dynamite yet. And uh, that's going to be a little bit of like uh, about the second match we talked about today, too, with uh, how there is no TV buildup to it. However, when you see this thing start off, the fans are hot for it. They are so into Cody, and they're into Dustin too, but they become more into Dustin, and not that we're talking about the match yet, but they're more into Dustin as the match goes on and his resilience yeah. to the whole thing. But that is amazing to me. Uh, just the, the fans uh, just wanted this so much just from social media. Yeah. I had created, created this, this match. You know, the building a Raw and a SmackDown is so important. And for them to be able to do it without that was uh, amazing to me. That was, that, that was, that's what really makes this match stand out to me. But the match is great. The ending's great. Everything is great. But just the way they got there is just fantastic. And as I remember, I don't think they gave us a, a let me up match. I think they went right to the Kenny Jericho match. I mean, it was boom, boom, action packed. That's true with that. Cause you can't like broadcast on a weekly episodic TV. So, you know, it's easy to promote shit then when you see it, like, five, six weeks before the bout. But just to straight up do it on, like, social media and, you know, just mouth, <laughs> word of mouth, you know, is really uh, pretty impressive because they were lit for this match. You know, the crowd was ready. And what really you know, happened, too, is that Cody is a heel. He's acting like a heel for this entire match. Yeah. To me, anyway, I, I've rewatched it twice. And, man, he's not being nice, and the fans – love him which is so different 
than the way they felt about him when he left. It's amazing that that is the same guy. Yeah, well, he yeah. acts like he's the little brother that been, has been kicked to the side the whole time. So he's just trying to do what he can. To, hey, I'm I'm a rogue too. I'm I'm just as good as Dusty. See, that's kind of how I took it. I think it was more like a passing of the torch from Dustin to Cody. You know, so like, <clears throat> I mean, that that's what this match was about was family. I mean, it all came down to Dusty. I mean, as soon as they stepped in the ring, there was a big Dusty chant. True. So, all Hebner as the referee that that made it a big that made it a big match feel for me is having the the you know the Hall of Fame Earl Hebner as the referee that that's what topped it off for me. Right. Hall of Fame cheater. That's right. I felt like Jim Ross, he was on top of his game during this entire match, too. It was like classic JR. Yeah, and they were fresh into it, too, so it's not like he had dynamites every week. He was just, boom, like pay-per-view JR, you know, like he's going. Mm -hmm. Who was it? Did JR and Excalibur? Because Tony wasn't there. He was JR and Excalibur and uh, Alex Marvez. Alex Marvez, yep. Oh, Alex Marvez. I think Marvez is actually a very good commentator. He gets a lot of crap for it. I think he's better than what they give him credit for. I agree. And super nice guy. I mean, I've met him back in Chicago. Super, super nice guy. One of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. That's cool. All right. So. Mike, you wanted to do a breakdown of this match, or was it you, James? Like this, this is a really great match uh, all together. Yeah, we could just you know talk our way through it. I mean, I got like a little move by move thing, and then we can discuss like our favorite moments. Well, I'll tell you my there favorite you moment right off the bat was seeing Dave Silva in the front row. <laughs> um, just yeah. once, just once, guys. I'd like to have a pay per view where I don't see one of your freaking asses. I mean, freaking James, I saw you two dozen times at the last pay per view. I'm good. All right, I see you every day. Well, Where my every sure shit, you know, every gimmick attorney. Uh, gimmick attorney was right there beside him. I saw him too. I wasn't a hundred percent there, Adam, but yeah, I tell you what, I saw him there. But I love this match. It was slow moving, but I loved it, and the crowd was so hot for it, which is what made it better. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm gonna talk about selling later in this episode, but the 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 disorientation for Dustin during this match because of the blood and and JR selling the blood loss that he's so disoriented and kind of fumbling around the ring. That's what made it for me. You know, there wasn't, you know, it wasn't flips and it wasn't, and I do love that stuff. Don't get me wrong. I love spots. You know, I'm not, I'm not everybody else that says, oh, there's too many. I love them. But in this one, it was psychology. It was family. It was personal. I loved it from beginning to end. I can watch this match. I can keep watching this match. I mean, we're, uh, we're, uh, we're burying the lead because I guess it technically starts with a uh, Cody gets that fucking grand entrance with his bullshit like light tube things, and, you know, it raises up and there's smoke and everything. You can tell, you can tell he's uh, the EVP or whatever of the company, especially with this uh, entrance. But uh, you know, then it flashes to a throne, and then Cody grabs a sledgehammer like it's all like a real slow build, and he just walks back up the ramp, you know, smashes that throne cracks up beautifully you can see it really good on camera the crowd fucking loses their mind which i'm a crowd person like if the crowd's into it i think it's like the greatest shit of all time you know and they go bananas <laughs> after he fucking breaks that throw I, that, I think that was one of the, my favorite parts of the whole match the match didn't even start yet and he comes out there and dethrones 
I guess, is what you can say. Mm-hmm. He's the man on top now. He's going to be the one succeeding. And he proved himself there. And I uh, I wrote in my notes that uh, Cody breaks it, and the camera keeps, like, cutting back to Brandy for some reason, which I uh, thought was a little weird. Like, this is a big moment, you know, and it just cuts back to her just, like, smiling. Like, keep it on the, the shit, you know? Yeah. She looked good, though. She looked real good. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mind looking at her. Anybody notice how how a sunburnt Dustin was? <laughs> I, I couldn't stop looking at it. What what did he get caught in the uh, he caught in the tanning bed the, the night before and like, fell asleep? What? He was freaking burnt on his shoulders. Like I seen that. <laughs> this little thing I noticed uh, was uh, strange to me. I liked it when uh, DDP came out and grabbed Brandy. Yeah, hauled her ass back to back. You know, I thought that was, I thought that was a good old nudge too. Justin Roberts is wearing a white suit, which you don't see many ring announcers do. I thought that kind of gave it a little bit of a big fight feel when he was introduced. Mm-hmm. Bringing him out a lot. The graphic, I put, uh, you can tell the graphics team has upgraded for sure since this. <laughs> I do remember the, the like names at the bottom of the screen kind of look like shit <laughs> compared to what they are now. You know, like at the time, right. it's cool. Like, oh, fuck yeah, they got graphics. But now after you see all the like, professionalism of AEW and they even got the little tagline thing above it, you know? It looks a whole lot better than it did there. It looked like fucking flash PowerPoint shit on the pay-per-view. Well, you see, you talk about the build-up to a match and everything between brother versus brother. The best storylines in wrestling are the ones that have a reality-based, you know, story to them. So that, that meant a lot to me was the fact that they took real life and made a great storyline about it. That's what I like most. True. And it was only a one-off, which made it even more incredible that they got all that in in a one-off. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then at the end. Ass. You know, Cody's ass looked good. I, I liked it. Yeah. Cody's what? Ass. They his pulled ass? out his pants and they showed his ass. You guys didn't notice oh, that? Yeah, no. I forgot Are about that. Are you going to pretend like you didn't see that? Because you all saw it. You all liked it. <laughs> well, I did I not take a note of it. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't like, I'll be looking at old company over there. <laughs> I was thinking Guevara would do right now with Jay Connie, but you know. Hey, now we're gonna leave focusing on Brandy. That thing is out of this world. <laughs> That's definitely true. I love the way think about after dust. the match. Uh, uh, the promo he he cut about you know I don't I don't need a partner I need my brother. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that was cool. Yeah, I mean I, I hate the, I hate it for the guys I had to follow it honestly. Yeah, I wrote it down word for word right here. Cody said, I don't need a partner. I don't need a friend. I need my older brother. And I was just like, I was about to tear up, honestly. That was, yeah. that took oh. me. That was a great moment. The first time I watched it, I did. I ain't going to lie. I, I mean, I, I caught a tear. I ain't going to I ain't afraid to admit it. Hey, Adam, how would you uh, cut that line in a ring since you have experience? I heard the way uh, Cody did it. How would you do that line as in uh, when you were you in the ring? That you couldn't. I honestly, I mean, the way you know his timing was perfect. Um, his emotional, his uh, you know the, how, how emotional he was in the ring with it. I mean, I couldn't have done it no better. I think he did. Yeah, that's it. true. He probably didn't even script that. He just probably. Oh did. God, no! And then and that's what yeah. makes it so great was the fact that it come from the heart. Yeah, right. Know? And he, I mean, it couldn't have done no better. He timed it perfect. 
and he just it meant it meant the world to Dustin. You could tell the way Dustin how upset he got. I mean, I couldn't have done it no better. There ain't no way I could have. Well, it's cool. Like at the entrance, you know, Cody was kind of tearing up when uh, Dustin's entrance hit because the camera cuts to him. And he's kind of like looking there and you can tell like his lips starting to quiver. And then he realizes the camera's on him because he got any like mm-hmm. smirks. So then like after that to see them both just like lose it, like it's pretty cool. Like a little culmination of it. Yeah, there I agree. Were, there were two lines that I just want to bring up because I think that's the, that's the stuff I love. <laughs> and the part where Excalibur says, can, when uh, Dustin's bleeding like crazy, he goes, can someone get him a towel? <laughs> like yeah random. what's that gonna do so random but then uh when at the end when someone says uh put him out of his misery i don't even know if it was dustin or if it was cody they were talking about but jr says he's not old yeller well everybody about north of 60 knows that reference right old yeller jeez <laughs> dude i got a line in, i got a line in here from jr uh when they were fighting each other and i don't remember what part of the match this was uh, it's uh, <laughs> JR on commentary. Uh, just have a wrestling match, beat somebody with a hold. I think this is when they start incorporating all the bullshit like belts and whipping each other. And see, that's the thing, it started out great. I mean, they, they had the old school strong lockup. I mean, that was great. Um, Dustin <clears throat> has some of the best punches. I mean, just the way he punches, if you don't watch, he just, I mean, it's, it's great. I mean, it, he went it's, out to the crowd a little bit too. Or, well, he threw Dustin, Cody threw Dustin in the barricade and then faked to throw him in the crowd. And the crowd's like, whoa! And he's just like, nah, and then turns and throws him in the ring. I thought that was a cool spot. That's how you get a You're right. And Adam, as an in-ring performer, I mean, you had to just love something like this, right? Oh, I loved it. Yeah, it's. I watched it twice. Even after I wrote down my notes, I watched it again. Just so I can make, because it's, the pacing of the match was great. The emotion, like I said, the best storylines in wrestling are when they're reality-based. Those are the best storylines, in my uh, my opinion. Those are the ones that I like the most. The crowd was loving it. Like, a lot of my notes is just like, yeah. crowd's chanting this, crowd's chanting this, crowd's chanting this, you know? They don't even lock up and the crowd's screaming dusty. <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> they're eight bit. Yeah. And I believe they did the uh, this is awesome thing before they even fucking touched each other. Before they touched. <laughs> yep. And it was. It was a great match, too. So it lived up to it. Yeah, this is awesome chant right at the beginning before they even touch. I mean, crowd was ready. Hey, and like Brad said, no TV, no dynamite, you know, just straight up like we want to see this shit, you know. And you can tell production has gotten better because there was one or two horrible camera spots where they kind of showed – uh, Dustin blading himself. I don't know if y'all caught that, but he, you can see Dustin kind of hide, and they showed Dustin laying there doing it. And I was like, oh, man, no, get it away from him. I mean, that's the, that's the thing you don't want to show. I know, but I love seeing stuff like that. I love the <laughs> bad production sometimes. I love looking at the old WrestleManias and seeing the cameraman just standing next to them like this. Like, I love <laughs> stuff like that just because it's so uh, amateur. I like amateur. I like the old, I like the impact stuff nowadays. And it's so amateur, but you know, I get what you're saying. They, they, there's mis- the stuff that they're not supposed to see. That's, yeah. that's not what you're, I mean, for me, who cares? I'm going to watch it. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I loved it. Regardless. You didn't take away from the match at all. Just, yeah. no, I guess, you know, because. You know, being in the ring before, just I know how hard they work to hide that and, you know, to place it just right in the match. And the only time you don't want to be shown on the ring and on the camera is when they're showing them. 
So that, that's just one little thing that I can gripe about. And other than that, that's the, only, that's the only thing I've noticed that was negative about the match. Everything else is great. Nice. Well, is there, are there any uh, final thoughts from the uh, the crowd out here? Uh, before we move on from this match, I uh, I would like to ask Coach. Coach Rosie, you said that you had a Ron Funches story to share with us about this pay-per-view. Oh, yeah, good point. Thanks for reminding me. Uh, so I took my son, Andrew, to this, and he was 12 at the time. And our seats were up in the nosebleeds. I mean, the last row I bought them uh, off of a third-party vendor. So I teach my son how to meander down. We got to the eighth row. So there were two empty seats in the eighth row. We go and sit down uh, for about 10 or 15 minutes. I'm just shooting the shit with uh, Mr. Funches. Uh, and then security comes over and uh, he says, guys, these aren't your tickets. You got to move. And Mr. Funches goes, Ron goes, oh, I bought all four. They're good. So oh, we got to awesome. sit with him the rest of the uh the rest of the time and he was in a rick flair pink uh pink robe with the feathers and everything and he was cutting promos and it was just a fun night and he was so nice to my kid and, uh i got to teach my kid how to get all the way down the eighth row from the worst seat so it was practical and fun at the same time there you go that works awesome awesome story that's a cool story about a great comedian yep. yeah he is yeah he is great all right, so uh, that wraps up, I guess, the old match number one, you know. Always, uh, I don't know, that match is going to go down in history, which, you know, was a five-star match, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it's good that we, uh, you know, get to talk about that, get to relive some of our favorite moments of it, brother versus brother, you know, like kind of the big the big go for AEW, if you think about it. I mean, I know it wasn't the main event, but that was a big, big, big match that ended up kind of stealing the show, if you think about it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely the main event in my eyes. <laughs> so, uh, what do you guys want to talk about next? Well, the greatest tag team match in the, in in 2022 so far, the Briscoes and FTR would be a hell of a match to study because it was physical. There was psychology. There was story building. There was backstory with those videos they had. I mean, this was the culmination of eight or nine months of storytelling to this one match. They didn't even really see each other or touch each other, but once or twice before this match. So when they locked up, or actually before, when they just started headbutting each other like a bunch of wild dogs, just in <laughs> rubbing headbutting with each other, I was like, oh yeah, it's on. And it sure was. And the match I'm talking about yeah. is... uh. FTR versus the Briscoes, and it uh, happened April 1st of this year, 2022, in uh, the Curtis Colwell Center in Garland, Texas. The attendance rumored over 2,000. That's pretty much all the uh, thing you, the info you can find on that. Obviously, pay-per-view vibes are a little shifty because, you know, not everything's, you know, formulated and all that. But uh, it was the 15th Supercard of Honor and first one since the G1 Supercard in 2019. Uh, it was Ring of Honor's first live event in three months since Final Battle 2021. And the first one after the purchase of old Mr. Tony Khan. So uh, this match length went a total of 27 uh, minutes, 25 seconds. And shockingly enough, Dave Meltzer gave this a five-star rating also. 
So I would uh, give it a five star too. FTR's theme kicks ass. When they come out, their theme yeah. is awesome. But I mean, I guess we, I guess we need to talk about how we got here. So uh, you know, how did we get FTR versus Bruce? So I. Oh, who, who's the best? Oh, go ahead. Again, there's no episodic buildup. Uh, again, there is no episodic buildup, which is what's so relatable to these two matches. Here you have, uh, I mean, I heard it on Busted Open. Um, shout out to Dave LaGreca and that crew. Uh, you know that the, the Briscoes would go on there and say they wanted to face FTR. And the FTR would be like, okay. So finally, at final battle, FTR comes out and they face them. Yeah. Other than that, that was it. It was mostly just social media stuff again. Uh, there's rumors about why the Briscoes aren't allowed to be on um, AEW. I don't know what's true and what isn't. But I'm glad they got to face off in this match. So it was really a lot of social media, just a lot of you know the fans, rabid fans like us that wanted to see it. My question is for you, Elkari. I mean, do you do you get like all worked up when you hear the word "dim boys"? You know, when they talk about um, when they when they talk about the Briscoes. I mean, don't you don't you take offense to that as being a, such a you know? I mean, the, the Briscoes are cool, you know. Don't get or do me. you just go uh, uh, like get real excited uh, no, like no, that? No, no. no I, I'm cool with them saying "dim boys." It doesn't really affect me. When it comes to the NFL, uh, you know, I hear it derogatorily <laughs> when it comes to the football season. So, like, them, like, saying we're their boys and, like, being proud to boast that, I'm cool with that, you know. It doesn't okay. get me. Just Which I didn't really, like I said, I didn't really know them because I'm not, like, a big, you know, outside of the WWE bubble or AEW now. Like, I really don't venture that far off into it. I'd heard of the Briscoes, obviously. But, uh, you know, I've never, like, seen them or watched them or been a fan. I tell you one thing, they blew my fucking mind on this match for sure. But no, nah, I have no problem with them saying uh, dim boys. But like you said, this was all pretty much started like I I only knew about this because of Twitter and yeah. hearing the praise that they had as a tag team, the Briscoes, that is, you know, uh, compared to like I watch FTR and, you know, I've seen them live and stuff. Like, so in my head, and I don't even know the Briscoes really, but in my head, I'm like, holy shit, this could be like a super matchup, you know? And I don't even fucking follow the Briscoes, but. They convinced me enough, like, hey, you want to see this. Like, this is like two colossal titans, like, going at it. So to sum up what James just said, them boys are losers in the ring and on the football field. Devin, I'm interested to think, I mean, hear what you have to say about this match because you're a young guy, 24. We have seen matches like this, you know, as uh, I'm way old. Um, but, you know, I, you know, I've seen matches, you know, the, the FTR gets compared to Arn Anderson and Tully a lot just because of the way they, they, you know, structured matches and the way they sold and everything like that. But nowadays, everything's a lot of selling and are like, uh, I mean, a lot of spots. How do you feel about a match like this? Did you like it? So uh, I'm a little different from James in the perspective where I've known about them boys, the Briscoe brothers for a long time, for probably like 12 years now. And I just watched them win the NWA Crockett Cup. And that was awesome. And so I've been uh, pretty familiar with them and their uh, like their ruthless guerrilla style wrestling. So I think them matching up against the '80s like throwback style of FTR was awesome. I love the chemistry that they had in this, the brutality. Um, they even had a little uh, like there's a few you know high spot moves to tie into the like new age era of wrestling. But I think it's honestly just overall fantastic match. I'd agree with the five stars that you said Dave Meltzer gave him. For sure. I do like I agree. It. Yeah, how do you like it about the uh, – so the the slower style of FTR doesn't, like, budge you any? You don't want to 
you know, Hurricane Ronos and Tope Suicidas and all that? No, not at all. Uh, I grew up on Shawn Michaels and Triple H. Triple H is one of the slowest wrestlers I think I've ever seen one. Hey, that's a fuck. Like, seen wrestle. So, I, I love the slower pace. Teaser for next week. Right. <laughs> and see, Cash Wheeler, it was Cash Wheeler and Mark Briscoe, they started the match. And they actually started with actual wrestling moves, like a formula for wrestling. You know, lock-up, wrist locks, you know, inside takedown, or wrist lock inside takedown, um, side headlocks, arm drags, you know, fireman carry, all professional wrestling moves. And that that just, that blew my mind. They actually had a good wrestling match to begin with. Yeah, I, I give it like one of my top five tag team matches. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, and this is the first time I've ever seen the Briscoes. So I've, I've been a fan of FTR since back when they were in NXT. Liked them. I mean, they weren't my favorite, favorite tag team, but I liked, I liked what they did. But like I said, you know, with the Briscoes, I've never seen them. I've never seen one match or anything. And this match they put on, it was a hell of a match, and I liked it a lot. Maybe it goes back. Uh, sorry to cut you off. Maybe that's one of the perks of living up here in New York is on my local channel, we had Ring of Honor every single Tuesday night at 10 o'clock right. at night. So I was able to just watch that whenever I wanted to. So maybe you yeah, guys so haven't been able to see the Briscoes because of that. But Right. Well, I'm not – Um, I, I like, I'm kind of like what James said he is, like stays in the bubble with WWE, AEW, stuff like that. You know, I, I shoot off every now and then, like Ring of Honor or Impact – here and there, but not too much. Yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen much of the Briscoes either. But I would love to see Dax and Jay Briscoe one on one because how good of a wrestler Dax Harwood is. And Jay Briscoe, he might I, I mean I haven't seen much of the Briscoes, but he looks like he might be the better of the two brothers as far as in ring ability. I wouldn't mind seeing them two just one on one, just one time to see how physical and how good that match would be. So Mark Briscoe, he was a United States Marine. So I think that's why he might seem a little like uh, more stiff on some of his moves yeah. and stuff because I think he can actually take it. Yeah, with no teeth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Guys real were really hitting each other for sure. They were really hitting each other. Uh, I love that they talked about the five-second rule of being in the ring. They kept emphasizing that, saying that they're allowed to be in there for five seconds together. I thought that was really good. The redneck boogie is a badass yeah. move that yes. is a yeah, badass move i freaking pop for that on my couch alone with my two dogs i guess <laughs> but i fucking thought that was tremendous and the false finishes were perfect in this match. Perfect. they were great yes I, I i can't put it over enough i really can use a wrestling term sorry guys but you know it's just you can't it's it's it was so well done so well yeah. done uh, i know we're starting off hot here with two very hot matches uh, and that's the way you do it, but I, I, I loved it. And see, they Mike, were back Mike, and forth. Go ahead, Mike. Go ahead, go ahead, Mike. One thing I the got real quick. crew is always going to bring the best matches. Every week we're going to have the best matches. <laughs> yep. The one thing I questioned that I had was um, when they were outside, they mentioned a 20 count, not the 10 count. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's the rule in Ring of Honor. Yeah, That's the rule in Ring of Honor. Okay. That's the Ring of Honor rule. And I'm Pure glad rule. they didn't emphasize the 20. I'm glad they got kind of in there quick. <laughs> I'm not going to wait for like... Yeah. 13! Both teams were back and forth all match. That's what I like. No team got the advantage more or less over the other. Um, they were both just all physical. You know, anytime the Briscoes would get a little edge, the 
FTR would come in and cut it off. FTR would get a little edge. The Briscoes <laughs> come in and cut it off. I mean, this was just really a good physical match. They laid everything in. Everything looked great. And this should have been the, uh, other than, I know Grisham, he's an awesome wrestler. But this might have been my uh, my main event for that for that show. True. I agree. I like when I slid and cut the ring off that one time. Like, they make the tag and Cash comes and slides around him. And you kind of think, like, why the fuck did he do that? But then on the announce, they're like, yeah, he just cut off the ring, you know? So it's like, it's great tag team wrestling. Yeah. Great. And and the, both teams work great together as a tag team. Like, yeah. they know what each other's thinking. So, I mean, and for them to, like I said, it was top five of mine. Yeah, and 100%. I've never seen the Briscoes. And they treated it like Ring of Honor at the end by, you know, respecting each other. Mm-hmm. Yes. Until, I thought that was awesome. until the young bucks screw it up. <laughs> hey, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. <laughs> but, uh, you they're know. Going, uh, they're going dark now, the young bucks in the recent show. They're going to be tough guys. Love them. I do like the, uh, the chanting of tag team wrestling. I've never really heard a crowd chant that. So I was like, whoa. Which is also, number one, they were ready for this match. And remember, it was not through social media, you know? So, like, the, to have the crowd that invested and that fucking pumped for not only the fact that they, oh, we want to see these two teams go at it, but the fact that they're like, tag team wrestling! You know, like, that's <laughs> awesome. Like, you never... That was awesome. Vince McMahon wouldn't even know what the fuck that means. <laughs> you know? Exactly. No, that's not his thing. What else I got about the match? I know there's a bunch. I did like when Cash suplex out of the ring. The suplex yeah, out of the that ring. Was, that was, that was, that was insane. There was I a lot of that matches. The chop off where they were just like, uh, the, they're really hitting each other. They're really yeah. hitting each other. <laughs> like, yeah. and a couple of them. Uh, I think Dax got a couple of them at the throat because you can see him like back way, like motherfucker. <laughs> uh, Mark Mark Briscoe chopped the shit out of them, man. It was unreal. Mark Briscoe. Probably about as good as Chris Benoit as far as chopping, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that was great. I liked how after after that suplex out of the ring, they had all the people come out to check on him. You know, make sure he can still go. Yeah. It's hard to believe it was a 27-minute match because it didn't feel like 27 minutes at all. Oh, it didn't. It seemed like it was like five, ten minute match. Yeah. That, that's just... what that's what I liked about it. I do like Cash screaming at the uh, crowd, we are tag team wrestling. <laughs> the crowd just like erupts, you know? That was good. And, of course, they had to do the, the table spot on that poor table. If you watch any, like, AEW-related show, that fucking table on the outside of the ring, every time it gets broken. I was even talking shit to Tony on his Rampage Zoom. Like, y'all just hate that table. <laughs> like, every time that table's out there, you kick out this big-ass security guard. Uh, you know, I don't remember his name. But the kid came away, and somebody breaks somebody over that table every time. James, this time is know that's listening. What Tony you're talking about? Oh, that would be uh, Mr. Skivio. Skivio. WHW podcast, you know, at WHW Monday, and uh, you know, he was part of the Ad Free Shows, dot com, you know, uh, <laughs> podcast family. But yeah, that's our that's our main man. He's real spody. He's real nifty. Devin, what you got? Oh, I was just talking about that uh, that table on the outside there. They did a catapult to, uh, I believe it was to Mark, where they 
lifted it upside down and hit his face yeah. off the bottom side of the table. I thought that was just oh yeah, that was great. Yeah, he was uh, bleeding after that, so that may have been the uh, the you know the gig spot. Zip. Right. Hey, we're gonna do under the table because you know the table has an apron, so like, hey, we're gonna do this. Boom. But uh, while you're under there, you know, zippity doo dah. <laughs> you know, get you some. Get you some. Get you some. If you will. I do have in my notes, suplex outside was incredible. Yeah, I have the same exact thing. Yeah. <laughs> I love that spot. I have that in the Briscoe's doing the big extreme. rig. Extreme. I wrote extreme. <laughs> yeah, the big rig. When, they, when the Briscoe's did the big rig, that's right, Devin. That was great. Dude, when they when they all did those like hot moves, like one after another, boom, 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 to kind of end it, that was intense. Like any one of those, you're like, oh, this is it. Oh, this is it. Oh, this is it. You know. I didn't know who was gonna win. Oh no, not at all. No, I didn't either. <clears throat> I I really thought <clears throat> Briscoe's were gonna win it, just because you know. But send Ring of Honor out on like a, a good note. But yes, yeah, them out on a good note. Keep the belts, but just send them like you know. Right, I didn't think they were going to bring, you know, AEW in to destroy Ring of Honor, you know, bring all their boats over there. And, yeah. But I thought Briscoe's going to win that one. And the finish, are we ready to talk about the finish? Bring yeah. it. What's his name? Mark. Was that Mark that took that finish? And he flailed like a fish and like, oh, man, he sold that shit perfect. Yeah, so he perfect. did. Because he's like, ah, and just like falls over and his arms and whole body are shaking. I thought that was great. Like, that's how, like, oh, shit. you Because you could tell he's probably about to get the three count by the way he sold that. Like, boom, and he just comes up ah, 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 and falls over. You knew, like, that's how you do it. Like, okay, he's done. One, two, three. It's not like, you know, there was no question after he took that shit. It was game. Yep. Game blouses. Game time. What y'all think about We're going to talk about uh, Young Bucks coming in and everything? If we have to. <laughs> now, I, 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 say what I put in my notes. Uh, you know, FTR bows to the Briscoes after the match. They embrace in a hug. You know seeing this that you just saw a classic. Great shit. You know, they, they embrace each other. like Because they talked mad shit on each other, but then embraced mm-hmm. in the ring because, you know, they just put on a classic. I think they knew they had a classic match. Oh, yeah. That's they, what, yeah. They knew. Like, they knew, like, hey, we just did something special. Like, yep. they knew that they did it. FTR dips out to give the Briscoes their due, which I find, you know, uh, fucking com- uh, commendable for sure. And then here's, here's the line in my notes. Spody. Then those fucking asshats, the young cucks, come in like the bitches they are. And I will let you guys uh, talk about that. Uh, I, 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 you can sum it up with just that. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I am too. I can't stand them. It is what it is. All but, right. It needed but to one, one thing about this match though that I'll notice, other than just the action, is Ian Riccoboni, the commentator for this match, is awesome. I mean, this first time I've really got to see here and listen to Ian Riccoboni do a full match. He's probably now one of my top three commentators because he's just his knowledge, his excitement. I love it. He's such an awesome commentator. Ian Riccoboni, he's he's one of my favorite commentators as well, as long as uh, as long as uh, Tony Schiavone. But uh, I had a note about Ian Riccoboni saying that he reminds me a lot of Matt Vaskersian, the NFL commentator. 
I see a lot of similarities in their play style and their uh, just their voice in general. He's not that old, is he? He's not an older guy. He's a younger guy. Yeah, late thirties, early forties. No, I mean, uh, as far as I'm concerned, the Young Bucks thing, it just sets up the next match, which is great. But, I mean, I don't think it took away anything. I just – I could have done without it, I guess. Uh, I don't think it was necessary. Oh, no, no. Yeah, no. It is kind of like, hey, here's your Ring of Honor dudes getting their pe- getting their due. By the way, I own this shit, so I'm going to send out this other hot tag team to set up – like, the Briscoes are getting their due, but we're going to go ahead and set up, <laughs> you know, my next shit – which is like, you know, hey, y'all have fun in there, but I'm going to send out these two teams to, like, feud each other. Yeah. So more AEW. Yeah. yeah. I got nothing more on that. <laughs> Anybody else have any uh, any closing thoughts? Uh, great match, uh, great atmosphere, and great opening card for Tony Khan in his first card as the Ring of Honor owner. True. Head to Absolutely. Head to page. Gave us what we wanted. That's right. So we it. wrap it up. Is this the wrap up? Well, we got I got. I, I, I do got a question. Segments. I do got a question though. I mean, I I worked this evening at the restaurant. I brought home some ham and meatloaf. But I was just wondering, Mike, do you have a suggestion on what I could maybe, maybe I could fix, maybe something better than meatloaf? Uh, well, actually, I got a type of meatloaf, if you will. Uh, what I got is a slow smoked. London boil meatloaf. What you want to do with that one? And by the way, everybody, this is Mike's Mint Meat. I'll give you a quick recipe on something. You throw it on, try what you want to do. <laughs> what you want to do is get about three, four pounds of London boil steak. Get it sliced up nice and fine. You can do it yourself. If you can't do it, most people over there, most places will do it for you. I like to take mine. I like to season it overnight. Put in Dale's steak sauce, something, add a bit of season, do it overnight. Next day, you take it and grind it up like you do uh, hamburger meat. You want to get yourself um, maybe an onion, bell peppers, sweet peppers, whatever you have, some mushrooms. Take all that stuff up, saute it together. When you get all that done, mix all that nice and good with the meat. Add on about two eggs, some seasoning. You can go in, I like to use uh, Killer Hogs barbecue rub with that. Throw it in there, get your uh, meat dough nice and ready, wrap it up in bacon. Put on the smoker. Smoke. You want to put it on the smoker, have the smoke about 150, 160. You just want that smoke hitting it, getting that flavor put in there. About three hours. After about three hours, crack up that heat, about 250 degrees. Once the inside temp of that meatloaf gets like 140, you bump it up to like 350. Get get that flame going on there, everything else. About 165, 170, whatever you like, however you like your meat, you pull that bitch off, put it on a plate, and eat away. Freaking starving. What? <laughs> <laughs> that does sound good as fuck, though. I like the, uh, the soaking in Dales. I know about old Dales, you know. I have soaking it up. Wrapping it in bacon. Yeah, that's wrapping what got bacon. me wrapping it in bacon. All the juices inside. Keeps it in there. Gets that bacon gets nice and crispy. It's good. Well, let's do a a kick out a kick out crew 
uh, weekend in the hills of Georgia. <laughs> right. Check out cook-off. <laughs> you know? yeah. I got you. Fly Mike, out there. Mike is a homeowner now, so he can host all of us. You know, you Thank yeah. you very much. Like, <laughs> my house with you today. Thank you. Go down there. We can have a, you know, kick out, cook off, you know, housewarming. There we go. Uh, but before we close up, though, I really do. I want to shout out Frank, Frank and his crew on the Top Guy Theater. Great show. Great show. Um, anybody gets a chance to listen to it, y'all need to get on him, get on that show. Frank is an amazing host, and I think y'all really enjoy it. Oh, yeah. Frank's a great dude, man. I really, uh, he has actually added to my life since meeting him. You know, like, uh, he's one of the, like, OG top guys that I pretty much came in contact with when I joined. And, you know, we've been friends since, and it's damn near coming up on two years. You know, like, Frank's a really good dude. I've been on Top Guy Theater a couple times. Really great show. You know, I know pretty much all of us have. Like, really good shit, you know. Top Guy Theater, been, check that shit out. Top Guy Theater, it's been fun. I've been on there about two times, and it's great experience. Yeah, same with me. I've been on uh, two or three times on Top Guy Theater. I think that's a fun podcast, but I also want to give a shout out to our buddies, RJ and uh, Justin Davis over at Ringside Rant. I know I think five out of the six of us have been on Ringside Rant's podcast as well. So I just want to give them a shout out as we're getting started up here. Yeah, they're great yeah, guys. JD, I'd also JD. like to give a shout out to the Filter Free podcast, also top guys. They do a great job as well. You want to talk about a variety of topics. It's not just wrestling. It's everything. And they do a wonderful job. And it's very entertaining. True. A lot of humor on that one, you know, for sure. Like uh, the music, the humor, you know, filter free. They are uh, filter free. Yeah, they're good. You know, the ringside rant, they break down a lot of stuff, really get into it. Uh, I don't know RJ all that well, but, you know, we have interacted. He's a great guy. Justin Davis, of course, you know, he's he's Justin Davis for sure. Like he's a great dude. <laughs> You know, so those are those are all good guys. So uh, yeah, definitely check them out for sure. And of course, ad free shows. You know it, baby. Adfreeshows.com. Adfreeshows.com. It wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here today. And it is Rusev Day, just in case anybody needed to know. Wow, there we go. <laughs> well, I think uh, I think it just about does it on episode one. If anybody else got anything to add, that's a wrap. Well, that's a wrap. All right, Coach, we got it. <laughs> we greatly appreciate y'all joining us. Hope you had as much fun as we did. Uh, be sure to Follow check us on Twitter on our respective Twitter handles. We also have uh, at Kickout Crew on Twitter. And we are, uh, if you want to email your comments or suggestions, we are at kickoutcrewpod at gmail.com. And uh, once again, uh, had a blast with everybody. You know, glad, uh, glad you all could join us. Hope you all enjoyed listening too. We've, uh, you know, we got some special surprises on the way, so you know, be sure to check that out. And uh, just keep yep. pushing us. Click a like, subscribe, give us a follow, whatever you need to do. We'll have videos. We'll have audio. We have may have a little uh, extra stuff in there, too. You know, it'll be worth checking out. But anyway, this is uh, James, and this is uh, the Kickout Crew, and uh, we're signing off. Thank you for joining us. Have a great day. Peace. Peace.